Hey, Joey, why are you looking so down? Oh, hey, Sully. Uh, you know, I just, you know, me and words, they're always popping up in front of me and I'm getting confused. And I got this new one here. It's just uh, staring me right in the face. It's, you ever seen something like this? Just look at this. It says, Plum? Plum? Hey, look, Joey, I listen to podcasts. That's the hottest new podcast network going, Plum. Plum? Well, what the heck does it stand for? Well, it stands for whatever you want. It was started out pro wrestling only mostly when that was a handful. And now it's whatever you want. Pro- Podcasting with old men. It, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Great shows. We got Days of Thunder where Dave and Lee watched 1998 WCW Thunder and shit on it. It's great. We got mm-hmm. Military Industrial Suplex. Tom Batista, he's talked to all kinds of crazy motherfuckers. Johnny Sorrow, Billy Jack Haynes, Kelly T. Nelson, tons of them. And three shows from one guy named Jeffrey. Boom goes the dynamite. I love the name reviewing AEW Dynamite. Strong style story, busting balls. We got it all. Oh yeah, plum. Now that you say this, I remember they've also got that 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 throw the years that ROH history podcast. Yeah, as as, as well as the aforementioned Kelly T. Nelson on International House of Combat, where and him and Steve watch along with historical international wrestling. And there's a show called Yours, Mine, and the Truth, where this guy loves a shitty band. And a show called Gideon Guys, where one guy loves a shitty TV show. It's yeah. the best. I think I've heard about those two guys. Yet, even though they got this shitty taste, they are hung like moose. Horses. That's, Horses. that's impressive. That's moose cool. So so this is it. Yeah, that's right. I know I'd heard the word before. It's Plum. Plum Network. It's a, it's a positive word of mouth. It's the police women of Memphis' favorite podcast network. Everybody should be tuning in to Plum. All this time, partner, everything you've done, everything you've said, I've heard all about. So you've made some remarks in the past about when is Papa Fritz going to be here. Papa Fritz is here. Cast. I am Pete, and I'm joined with Kelly and Johnny. Johnny, how you doing? I'm doing good. That's awesome, man. Kelly, what about you, brother? Doing pretty great here in the Great White North in summer, finally. Nice. Man, we are going to be looking at uh, David Von Erich, Parade Champions Memorial, Parade Champions, very first one. And you know, guys, there's a lot, you know, we've heard all the stories. It has, a, you know, you have that kind of a, this is like the part one of this, like, downward spiral of the family. And it, they really start, the, 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 the silver armor starts cracking definitely here at the show. Start cracking before the show, let's be honest. But at the show, we start getting little chips in the armor, uh, more chips in the armor. And, it, you know, you kind of have a skeezy feeling. But overall, I enjoyed the show because I really felt, 
it had a lot of uh, three ring circus variety type of thing to it. Um, it's and, and so I enjoyed it overall. Uh, some things are way better than others, but I felt it was a very well rounded show. What were your general thoughts, Kelly, on the show? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. I, I'd never seen the whole thing um, all the way, so that was new to me. And yeah, I mean, we're skipping ahead. We've skipped basically nine shows to get to here. So, and and we haven't been doing shows as regularly anymore. So, yeah, the whole thing with David dying and and the tribute they did that was horrible. But I've had time to digest this or to d- digest that, and now I'm into this. And you know, we're saying goodbye here. This is the we have. This is the final. Uh, no, we have this is the first of the final four episodes. So yeah, I'm I'm in a pretty good mood here. And the matches, yeah, they were all. Well, we'll talk about it, of course. Um, yeah, there was definitely variety. Uh, the show just flew by. Uh, you know, Agreed. It just went by at a rapid pace. I was wondering if they had like the if Texas Stadium was booked for something else in that, yeah. that day. They had to <laughs> rush, <laughs> rush through everything. I'm sure there's a lot <laughs> of gonna, downtime in between, in between matches. I guess. That. And they had, I think, some maybe some live music, too. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure. Like we had the, you know, the lady gal who who sang David's song. She, we, they don't show that on the. Uh, no, yeah, the they mentioned it. They mentioned it, and they I mentioned know, it they though. Mentioned yeah, because I, because we'll get to it. But there was a part I had just had to fast forward through because like I cannot tolerate watching. I will not watch Buck Zumhoff. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Fair enough. No. Fair enough. No, <laughs> not doing it. But yeah, so, he's, I thought, did I miss? Did I miss the? Yeah. the did I miss having needed a champion? But I guess they didn't include it. No, no they didn't include. It. They mentioned it though, but yeah, yeah, they don't show it. Um, yeah, Zoom Off has that. He's like worse than David Starr. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, David, David, nobody holds a candle to rock and roll Buck Zumhoff, and we'll get into it because yeah. even with all of the Me Too that came out a few months ago in wrestling, nobody is even close. To rock That's why I said he's worse than a combination of Joey all Ryan of them, and, all of them. Uh, and David Starr, which is the two who uh, really jump off the page of me. Yeah. There's plenty others, but, but wrestling's always full of scumbags and comics. He's and, the king. He's yeah. the uh, Zumhoff uh, is up there. Hard work, Bobby Walker's up yeah, there. Yeah, he's right uh, up there, too. There's, there's quite a few, though. Um, um, but as far as the, the, the car goes, uh, guys, for me, so much of this was – just brought back so many wonderful memories for me because I've mentioned it plenty of times, but I used to rent PWI's Lords of the Rings, super cards and super mm-hmm. bouts hosting right. laughter and Gordon Soley constantly to the point where I actually got a friend of mine who had two VCRs to make me a copy. And I watched that thing. I, cu- I couldn't begin to tell you how many times I watched it. I, I wish I could find it online right now. It's very hard to find even mm-hmm. on totally. and watch it because it introduced me to everything. It introduced me to Memphis. It really got me introduced into Crockett, uh, tons of old footage. And this card is all over that video. Mm-hmm. It's right. Um, the Junkyard Dog match, the Bad Street match, uh, mm-hmm. of course, the main event. Uh, it's... And so when I would hear certain calls that Mark Lawrence made, I would just fill with joy because I just, and we'll get to, I wrote them all down. 
But so this felt great to me. I was like, despite all the sleaziness, I was like, no, this, this is bringing back way too many fond memories for me to look at this poorly. Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'll say there, um, Neither of you guys have ever been to Texas, have you? Nope. No. Okay. I, have family I, did, there. A, uh, I did a search uh, on what was the weather in Dallas on that day uh, thing. Uh, I forget it was like weather search or whatever. And it was 95 degrees. Yeah. Very hot. But yeah. what people don't realize is the freaking humidity in Texas, where I've had relatives from New York come in and would go play wiffle ball. And, and mind you, wiffle ball is not strenuous. And they'd be choking on humidity, not realizing. <laughs> and so imagine having to wrestle. And I think that's the main reason why a lot of the matches yeah. were very short. Because these that's guys aren't used to working in this type of mm-hmm. heat. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not like a football where you call a timeout and you can get subbed in or what have you. And, uh, and, and getting the game goes on. If you're out in mm-hmm. that ring, there's... There's only so much you can do, and yeah. I thought that was real smart of them to, for the most part, really keeping uh, the matches short uh, mm-hmm. because I, that's the temperature there. They even mentioned it. Yeah, they mm-hmm. mentioned it a couple degrees, times. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. on there. So um, now this- about, Lorenz also talks about like you might, the, the camera shots may look a little different as the sun's going down. Sense, yeah, shade. you see the shade coming over the ring, and I literally felt. Like the wrestlers in the ring, as soon as that shade came down, all of them went. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, ninety-five degrees. Oof. Yeah. Now it looked like a pretty damn a lot of people in that building. Um, mm-hmm. They kept it smart. Kept you know half the building, and the other half didn't have many people. I'm sure. Um, but it still it held it held a record. It, uh, didn't it hold the record up till uh, Mania three? No, uh, at least for oh, America. It, it, well, the kayfabe, it, it, um, I'll, I was going to talk about this at some point, but I'll talk about it now. The legit attendance was apparently over 32,000, which at that time was one of the largest crowds, yeah, for wrestling. But there was at least two or three ahead of it, legit, um, including Showdown at Shea 1980, mm. which was, um, hyped at the time as beating the famous uh, Comiskey Park O'Connor Buddy Rogers right. show from 1961. And then when this show happened, remember, of course, all the after mags were banned. All the photographers were banned from uh, New York, banned from mm-hmm. MSG. So they were kind of feuding with Vince. So they purposely uh, announced the attendance for this show to beat the showdown at Shea. Uh, okay. So I think it was announced or it was printed in the mags as like 45,000 or something. And then during the show, Lorenz says 50,000 numerous times. Yeah. My eye test would have said 25,000. Um, if I was yeah. going to have to wager a guess. Uh, yeah, it looked, I mean, they filmed it great. Uh, it looked super packed. It looked a million times better than their previous attempt at yes. running a show mm-hmm. at texas stadium where mm-hmm. it was like a empty a empty stadium it seemed yeah. like um so it looked it looked great but yeah clearly they were using just basically one half i would yeah. say or maybe a bit over a half of the stadium i guess they still need it because where else are we gonna put thirty thousand people uh oh yeah 
Yeah, so it's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, I yeah. love the whole. Oh, no. feud. I love the whole feud between the after mags and Vince. There's so much crazy, weird, petty shit that the magazines did that Vince didn't give a fuck about. Well, their champion isn't really a world champion. Only the AWA and NWAs are really world. You think Vince McMahon gave a fuck? What? But yeah, the mags did. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So aesthetically, it looked pretty good. <laughs> Um, so let's get on to it. The original opening match was Johnny Mantel versus one of the Kinesky boys. Um, that went to a 15 minute draw that, that didn't make tape here on the network. So we're gonna, we're lucky. Yeah. So the longest match of the night was that one yeah. or the day or whatever. The opener, mm. which is, you know, territory wrestling, WWF eighties, the 80 wrestling trope, probably seventies mm. wrestling trope. This is the match. You get your popcorn, your Coke, find your seat. Uh, you know, if in case it took a while to get in, especially at a stadium show, uh, you're not missing much. Uh, uh, Johnny Mantel, he was probably the king of the 15, 10 or 15 minute Broadway in world class, um, yep. taking a young guy uh, through the through the ring through the through the heat. Uh, yeah, well, we're lucky. I'm, I I think this would have been a very bad match. Um, Probably. Especially Kelly, Johnny Mantel. Kelly Kaniski for the record. Okay. It has a billion times you, more charisma than any of the Kaniski brothers. So uh, <laughs> You'd be proud yeah. of that name, Kelly. <laughs> it's the best best wrestler named Kelly of all time. Oh, actually, no, that's not true. Kelly Kelly was better. Yeah, Kelly Kelly was better. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Kelly Kelly. Holy <laughs> day. All right. So then we go to the second match, and they're, they're, going, in, they're going in big here. Um, because they really have three big, three big feuds going right now. Is the world title match? You have the the Bad Street match with the Freebirds versus Von Eric. Fritz coming out of retirement, so that's a huge match. And the third biggest match on the show was probably Adams and Sunshine versus Garvin and and, and Precious. And then you also have the tag title match. So those are the big, the really what you the big ones on. We get. We get some help from Mid South sending down JYD and Butch mm-hmm. Reed to have separate matches. Um, Fritz would return the favor later on this year at one of the big uh, stadium, big uh, Superdome shows when it was JYD versus Butch Reed in a Ghetto Street Fight match, and you'd have uh, Garvin and uh, and, and Precious uh, face. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Adams and Stella French this time around. Um, oh yeah, the help on the undercard. Uh, for that, so both guys promoters helping each other out uh, with their super show by setting some talent that might uh, help uh, sell a ticket or two. Um, and so we get this match in Adam and Sunshine, and we get a Gino Gino Hernandez pops in yeah. and a challenge, and you're like, wow, this guy's promo skills are just fucking awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, what did you start off, John? John what did you think of this? Well, first <laughs> of all, you have to apologize for my dog. Uh... Barking in the background upstairs, there's people coming over. So just, we're we're in the countdown. Look, if we're not wrapping up this show, if there's not a dog barking in the background, you know, we're, <laughs> we're not doing something right. But I got so excited when I saw Gino because I didn't know this. I did not know that this is where he debuted. And what a way to debut at the biggest show ever, you know. Mm-hmm. He, there's Gino, Alex. 
I'm ready for hey, us. Hey, to John, not to correct you. Yeah. He worked. He worked at Dallas many a times. No, no, no. I know, no. I, no. What I mean, redebuted. Yeah. yeah, it's more. Yes, yes. That's okay. that, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. But I'm saying, where was he? Was he in Houston and then came over? Where where, where was he before this? Or he had he? He's working mostly Houston, San Antonio. Okay. Um. Yeah, and and, uh, and you know doing some mid south dates. Uh, okay. And yeah, so he was doing. He was you know under Paul Bosch's tutelage, doing but doing here and here. And, uh, but yeah, this is where he's going to move into the Dallas territory really full time. Okay. So I agreed. I, we, I think it was about time we wrapped up this project and the right idea was to go out with the, the parade of champions. But the one, one of the things I was really like, Oh, I wish we could get to Gino. Cause I love Gino and especially love him world-class. So the fact that we just got this much Gino is great. Mm-hmm. Like we got some Gino on here because he's, you're right. He's he gets in there and he, he ethers everyone else in the promotion on the microphone <laughs> Yeah, by far, just except maybe for the uh, Michael Hayes. Right. And, and, and he's got his sports jacket on and he's like, listen, you know, this is the biggest show ever. And you didn't book Gino Hernandez, the handsome half breed. Uh, oh, and, Adam, and Adams is apparently, I guess Adams stole Jimmy Garvin's jacket. Yes. Yeah. We must, we and gloves, that. too. And his gloves. gloves. Yeah. <laughs> and he's wearing it. And doing around. the strut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing of note we missed in there's a nine episodes of <laughs> the jacket angle. Uh, and Gino is challenging both of them. He's like, you... You know, you call yourself gorgeous, you know, to to Garvin, and mm-hmm. he calls Adams washed up, and uh, he goes, and I'll challenge you, and the winner of this match I'll face in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I'm like, Fritz gonna promote a show in San Juan, Puerto Rico, or is he just, or is he just riffing? You know. <laughs> Let's see I that. don't know. I, I should have looked that up. There must have been. Well, he, he went. They went to Iran, so uh... that's true. They went to. Uh, yeah. Were they traveling around the world at this point, though? Had they, they had? I don't think so, but no. well, you know, I don't know. Yes. Oh, but since we're talking about it, in the magazines, when they ran that show, when World Class ran that show in Massachusetts, the magazines treated that like the biggest deal ever. Like, fuck you, Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's happened right in your backyard. Right. <laughs> but the ring announcer, though, he gets the microphone and the mic doesn't work for him because the mic is like, I just got used by an expert. I'm like, work for you. Is <laughs> Ralph Pulley stinks? He's terrible. <laughs> uh, and then looking at the at the ladies in their outfits and there's and 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 the guys too. I just like wrote down flat asses all around, just surrounded. By flat asses. The only two people in that ring who had any badonka donk were Chris Adams and Bronco Lubitsch. (laughs) (laughs) But the crowd is going nuts when Sunshine gets her hands on Precious. And as Mark Lorenz says, he's like, well, they're going wild for some Sunshine on Precious action. I was like, I bet they would. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love it when guys say something like that and don't even get why there's a double entendre. It just it was a slip of the tongue. And while the chaos is going on, they missed the pin. The camera shot missed the pin, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Oh, totally missed. Yeah. And which was odd. And they're escaping. And I remember this part from that video as well, because they didn't show all the matches, but they showed little clips to the George Thorogood song, Willie and the Hand Jive, 
at the end of it clipped with all these wrestling bits. And I remember uh, Sunshine just clobbering Precious from behind you know, as they're walking back uh, back through the, I guess the gate you'd call it, you know, into the tunnel. Tunnel, that's it. And loved that. The pressure, Precious hit Sunshine with her purse. It was clearly empty. It was just this little floppy <laughs> yeah. thing. Knocked her silly, which was great. And uh, Oh, and Precious, one last thing. When Sunshine tossed Precious out of the ring, I saw this on the replay, it looked like Precious almost decapitated herself on the bottom rope. It, it, it was like <laughs> scary for a second. Like she didn't know what she was doing. But this was fun. You know, it was just wild and crazy fun. The crowd got to see Sunshine beat up Precious. You know, they fought in the crowd. What more do you want? Yeah, definitely capital F-U-N. Fun is exactly how I describe it. Kelly, what's your thoughts on the match, man? Yeah, yeah, fun. Um, a quickie, and that's the theme theme of the evening. That's what but, she said. <laughs> but, I mean, you don't need a, a match like this to go 20 minutes or whatever. Yeah, you don't want it to overstay its welcome. It's, it's, this is, yeah. I think this is almost like the perfect amount of time we really needed here for this thing. Yeah, work. especially when you have two non-workers. Two non-workers, and the other, the rule also is it can only be the men versus the man, yeah. the woman versus the woman. So, you know, yeah, go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, so it was booked really smart. Uh, yeah, and Gino coming out, that was great. Scorching hot promo. I remember it was in the um, the Heroes of World Class documentary. They do show that promo. So I had seen that before. Oh. And, and okay. Yeah. Well, and, I've and seen he looks, it, just don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a star um, with the suit on, the sunglasses, and just, yeah, that, that promo, that's an, a timeless promo. That would get over in 2020 easy. That was great stuff. And, yeah, sets up uh, something in the future between, um, uh, I guess, I'm not even sure how it goes after this exactly for Gino. Um, I'm, I'm presuming he doesn't feed with Jimmy Garvin, but I could be. No, John Jimmy's almost gone. I mean, he leaves yeah. in July. Right. So yeah, just good stuff. Sunshine. I mean, when she gets tagged in, what a you know, huge pop. There's just massive heat for this match, of course. And she's in for about 30 seconds before Precious tags out. So they kept that short. Adams uh, gets busted open at some point. And yeah, chaos. And like Johnny said, the cameraman, Misses the the pin, but I mean, he was trying to focus on the women fighting, so it was it was a yeah, tough call, I guess. <laughs> and he probably didn't know that the pin was coming that fast or at that time, so it's missed. And yeah, some chaos at the end. And this feud is still not over because they're still brawling after it's done. They've yeah, this feud's been like really masterfully booked from start to, to and it's not even finished yet, it's still going. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna match Johnny's fun and then also use the other adjective smart it mm. was very smartly worked um, the crowd super into this the females get this huge freaking reaction when they when they're touching anything they do <laughs> we, get, we get some blood <laughs> I absolutely loved Garvin tripping sunshine up yeah that was yeah, great uh, yeah. it was such a sleazy and, you know, they didn't overdo it. And so they made that spot. And that's what a lot of times people, like, talk about it. Like, we have people nowadays, they do too much and or this or that. But this one little spot, it, I mean, you know what? They didn't overdo anything else in it because they made this spot matter. And it mattered so much. 
and change the whole set set the whole entire clock back and and uh, got the heat in there. It, it was fantastic. It was a great way uh, for the for the heel to cheat, but not you know where you're not beating up a freaking woman where you get too mm-hmm. much negative heat. So this is the right type of heat. Uh, <coughs> uh, Precious uh, hits Sunshine with the purse to keep the feud going. But Sunshine's not done in her little Pocahontas. Out, I don't even want to call it <laughs> yeah. her, her Pocahontas. Like she got it like uh, her aerobics. If she's uh, yeah, it was a mix of a bunch of different things. Yeah, like, yeah it was. It was. It was 80s. It was like what was that movie with Travolta and Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis? A perfect. You know, perfect. Yeah, it was <laughs> the 80s workout gear, just to the max. Yeah, and then you have you all you have all uh, sunshine. And then chases down Precious and attacks her post match outside, like saying, "Okay, boys and girls, this feud is still going, going. It's not the blow off." And uh, wow, yeah, I, I thought it was just a lot of fun, uh, and, and 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 just smart again, like that one little trip spot was all they needed. They didn't need, you know, boom, 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 boom. All they needed was one little spot to matter, and that they made. Most yeah. they do they just maximize that spot. Really good stuff. Mix mm-hmm. it up, we get Butch Reed versus Chick Dom, and I'm gonna start off with you, Kelly. Though before <laughs> I get to there, is when when you think of wrestling, is Chick Donovan like one of the first guys that come to your mind? For me, it does for some reason. Really? He's like the guy I look <laughs> at who is like a prototype, the prototype look of what like an '80s wrestler was, you know. <laughs> Uh, or am I just? Are you guys think I'm in nuts? Uh, it's definitely an '80s look for sure. Uh, he's got the mullet. He's he's pretty ripped. Um, he's got he tiny pants. Tiny yeah, pants. <laughs> looks like he's 50, but he's really I think 37 at this time. The big know? fan of uh, Mork and Mindy because he's rocking the <laughs> yes. the rainbow suspenders right. look. That's his. That's his. That's his look. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, for for me, I don't think he wrestled in any of the promotions that I watched as, as a kid. Maybe he did some job job stuff in WWF. I'm not sure. Yeah, I never saw him anywhere where he did. I mean, I saw him in Georgia. I've seen him here. I've yeah. Seen him, like everywhere for a cup of tea. Uh, but I, I mean, I never rated him as a worker. Uh, but I always, just, his look, always I thought it was unique. And it always stood out to me as 80s wrestling. He was like, mm-hmm. honestly, he should be on the cover uh, if you want to research what the 80s he, wrestling okay, was about. His look and his name, Chick Donovan, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, um, would be a, a wrestling character in an 80s sitcom where there's a wrestling episode, you know, and the father mm-hmm. has to get in the ring against Chick Donovan and he'd look just like this guy, you know. There you go. You summed it up perfectly, John. <laughs> Kelly, on to the match, my friend. Yeah, well, for Donovan, I mean, you know, we're winding down and I'm, I'm kind of like retiring from podcasts or wrestling podcasts anyway. And I thought, should I do one last great bio? And you decided not to. And, but but it's Chick Donovan, so I decided not to. <laughs> and I'm, also, I'm just too lazy at this point in time. I did, <laughs> I did look up his stats. He started apparently in 1978 in Georgia and then was just a total Southern guy. He went to every Southern Territory, basically, between 78 and 84. And he's been in Dallas since the end of February. So he's been he's actually been working for the previous couple months. And I think he works 
for most of 1984 in Dallas. And, and he's, yeah, he's, he's not a jobber. He's, he's lower. Oh, at the end, when Carrie uh, wins the title, he's part of the babyface celebration. So he's weird. He's part of that whole. Yeah. With, and that's where he's wearing the rainbow suspenders. Yeah. No, and that's no, what, since, since you're already talking about it, when I would watch that Lords of the Ring over, over and over, over again, the great mystery for me was who's this motherfucker <laughs> in the suspenders? I never <laughs> knew who that was. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I, oh, at least, here, awesome, at least in the carry so one, good. I was able to identify most of those guys. The Ric Flair, when he wanted in Starcade, I couldn't recognize him. Not many of them. Hmm. Isn't it Angela Mosca and uh, Steamboat was there? Blood? Yeah. Brickhouse Brown and other than uh, that. Yeah. Right. Anyway, to this match, I mean, there's not much to say. Uh, the crowd's pretty dead here because these guys don't mean anything. To the fans, but Butch Reed's awesome at this yeah, time. He's so good. And when he does the press slam on Chick, the crowd does gasp, like audibly, because <gasps> uh, that was a very impressive thing. Uh, well, it's an impressive thing in any era. But then the finish looked kind of clunky, a uh, little bit of a mistimed spot. But it was it was a quick win for Reed, and, and he was. Mm, I looked I uh, looked up Reed's record in Dallas in '84. He was there, like a few times a month but he wasn't a regular. He kept coming in and out a bit, but this wasn't just a one and done for him. No, he, he works. He does the, of course, a lot of the big shows. I know. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mostly the, the big shows. Yeah. I know you, we get a match with dogs in Dallas. Um, yeah. Go, go on. What, 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 that That's all. That's all. All right, man. John, what do you think? So number one, again, with the name Chick Don, Chick Donovan is not a baby face name to me. That sounds no. like a heels name to me. Yeah. Hey, let's cheer for Chick Donovan. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. And, but Reed is so great here because he's so loud. And I, I noticed he's, he's also loud calling spots, especially with these cameras. You, I mean, you can't hear exactly what he's saying, but he's, he's clearly calling spots, but he hides that by also just being mouthy constantly because he's like, Hey, looking at all the, all these, all these uh, redneck motherfuckers. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, it's time for a real man. There's a real man here. Yeah. And he's mouthing off a chick Donovan. He's just, he's trash talking chick Donovan the entire time. Uh, and <laughs> when they're waiting for a lockup, he was like, come on sucker. I ain't got all day. <laughs> yeah but oh I, oh god i love hacksaw butch reed he was one of my favorite rest this era hacksaw butch reed is one of my favorite pro wrestlers i love yeah. i've always loved reed i loved doom and everything i even I, when he was the natural in wwf i remember just being upset I'm like this is a dumb gimmick for a guy i love you know but i, I even thought he was making it work before yeah he was just like ah, i'm getting the fuck out of here um and uh, so it was fine. I just, it was, Miss Texas was there. They, uh, Mark Lawrence says Miss Texas was sitting at ringside uh, for this event, you know, and Reed, I'm sure Reed fucked her that night. I'm positive. <laughs> she had one. He was like, there's a real man here, honey. You know, she was like, yes, you are. <laughs> Built like a brick. I don't know. I mean, you have Carrie Von Eric uh, and Ric Flair. Mm, Butch yeah, Reed. I, mean, I don't know, man. That, hold uh, on a second. Hold on a second. Horseface Carrie Von Eric. Uh, um, Ric Flair. Okay, was, all right. Hold on. 
horse face Kerry Von Erich who just won the world title and uh, <laughs> yeah. was at his highest point in popularity. Is, oh, right. You, tell you know, me. Miss I've, Texas has so ugly. Yeah, we've seen Alice Cooper get laid, I'm sure, a bazillion times. All right. Look at the, the machismo dripping off of Hacksaw Tree. You know, oof, that cr- that crown was getting tight on her head. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is she doing there? That's so weird. Um, and at, at one point, the old you know the old man who's always at ringside for all the world class stuff, and he's yeah. at ringside for this. Yeah, he was there. And <laughs> Reed is uh, uh, grabbed Donovan's hair, and this dude, you hear him clearly scream. Get off of his hair, you stupid! And then just gets blurred. Not blurred out. But enough other people. Enough other people started booing, so you couldn't make out what he said. But I'm pretty sure it's exactly what you think. What's <laughs> going? Yeah, I, I sent you guys Holy that Houston shit. that Houston link. Do you guys? Did you guys watch that at all? No, no. It looks I, interesting though. You should because it's it's awesome stuff. But they, I think they interview this guy. On the show, on the mm. footage, oh, the old man, seventy-two. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's him. I might be wrong. Does he drop the end? Yeah, never know it was him. Huh? Does he drop the N bomb? Because then we know it was him. <laughs> it uh, pretty close to it. They had, oh, uh, oh boy. <laughs> they had to edit him out, uh, cursing oh. out um, uh, some of the heels. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, uh, but yeah. Um, and anyone out there, uh, if you guys should go, uh, I put it up on Twitter. It is awesome. Uh, cool. I'll check it out. Donnie Valentine, Dan Shaziak, Hard Angle. And then we get highlights of their match. Um, we get some Dory Funk and Senior and Terry Funk uh, versus, Paul, versus Paul Vosch and, and um, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, the ref who. Uh, Pat Patterson said it was one of the all-time great baby faces. I can't remember. We get some highlights of that match. That was a lot of fun. Um, uh, uh, and uh, it's a lot of other stuff along with interviews from some fans and uh, oh, cool. uh, stuff. It's really uh, definitely worth worth uh, watching. I'll check it. I want to see Paul. I, I'd love I'd love to see Paul Bosch wrestle. You know? Yeah, it was only it was like highlights. I mean, it's not much. I mean, oh. uh, but uh, but there was a lot more. But it's just cool seeing Dory Funk Senior. Yeah. Terry Funk together oh, versus man. Paul Bosch. Um, and uh, God, what's I can't, I will come. I know exactly who you're talking about, Pete, because we, yeah. we saw them and doing Spacey. But now that you bring that up, I, I'm going off on a little tangent, but I don't know if you heard about, you guys heard about this, especially you, Pete. So I was listening to the Pritchard podcast while driving around. Yeah, not, a very, not a very good one either, but it was, it was good for driving around. But the big drop is he just, was given or somehow or another all of Paul Bosch's personal library because there's no family to take care of it. And it's all in his basement right now. Everything mm. in that collection. He was talking about stuff was World War II stuff, his medals, all this stuff. There's no family to have it. There's only a Bruce son. Pritchard? Yeah, Bruce Pritchard has all has the entire um remember we saw the documentary and it, he had that almost like a museum in his yeah, office. Yeah. His office, yeah. Everything you show now, that in the 1972 thing too, yeah. Yeah, everything now, all of his, all of Paul Bosch's um, collection, everything is in Bruce Pritchard's basement, except <laughs> for the wrestling uh, library. Um, no, not the library, just his, just his yeah. personal possessions. I think Billy Corgan has the library. <laughs> yeah, Corgan has the library. Keep it from us, but 
Butch Reed versus Chief Donovan. I like this match because again, it was different than the anything else on the card. It was it wasn't meant to go long. It was a Butch Reed making him look good. I mean, he did. I mean, I loved it. I mean, again, Reed was just great at shit talking. Um, and the thing it was like, I thought this was we got a lot of shit talking from Reed, but I thought the match was laid out well in the sense where we Reed would talk shit and there'd be a like a payoff spot him talking shit, or they'd set up a spot where there'd be a payoff to it. So everything they did, again, mattered on what they were doing. It wasn't a very long match. It was it was just, again, another fun fun bout uh, with the guys because they know how to work and stuff, and, and they maximized the time they got. It was really, really good, um, really fun. Uh, next matchup is Kabuki versus Kamala. Kabuki has Gary Hart. Kamala has um, a Skandar Akbar in the corner. Uh, John, what do you think of this one? Okay, this kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I, I, has Kabuki returned in those nine episodes we skipped, I guess? No. Actually, this was his comeback, according to wrestling data, anyway. Oh, nice. Because well, you're getting a heel versus heel match, which mm-hmm. is... Now, Kabuki will eventually turn babyface with Sunshine, I think. Is Sunshine? Yeah, I think Sunshine. Well, I think this is where it also pissed Gary Hart off because they wanted him the job uh, to Kamala. In his return. Oh, oh really? I see. I, I'm sure yeah. I read that in the book, but I totally forgot about it. But uh, and, and let me interrupt you, John, real quick. The referee's name was Nick Chozak. Nick Chozak. I, yep. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. That's exactly who I was thinking of. We saw that guy a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, that four or five matches. He was even in his past his prime. He was actually incredible. And getting yeah, the he, he, him. he had jacked arms. I remember as a referee, yeah. you tell he was the jacked motherfucker. But he a former worker who. In Patterson's book, said he was one of the best baby faces he's ever worked with. Nice. But so Kabuki's back, and number one, the crowd when the crowd is deciding who to cheer for here, it's Kabuki because Kabuki looks cool and he's got nunchucks. You know, because eventually there's a let's go Kabuki, let's go, <laughs> yeah. Kabuki, you know, which is crazy. Gary Hart runs in at the end and attacks Skandor Akbar, and Gary Hart is getting cheers from this crowd, uh, which is bizarre. Impossible, yeah, yeah. It's I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Um, but we haven't heard the term. I'm glad we finally get back to this term from back in the old days when we first started this project in, in the the depths of 1982, where we got to hear about Kabuki's from. He's from the neighborhood in Singapore called the Melting Pots of Sin. So mm-hmm. if you want to send a letter there. You literally have to address it to the melting pots of sin, I guess. And through the whole backstory of the scars on his face, his, his paint looks dope. It looks really cool. It's um, awesome looking, actually. Yeah, yeah it's so cool. Um, he's called, uh, Lawrence is called, the, or the announcer, the uh, ring announcer, the greatest martial arts expert in the world. <laughs> I love that sort of shit. Just, just go swing for the fences with this stuff, man. That's awesome. And but Mark Lawrence again, I know what he meant, but it doesn't age well when he goes, I look at these two men and I don't think these are men. These are animals, beasts. I know that's not what I, I know he didn't mean it that way, but that does not age well. And uh, 
yeah, the match was just a lot of nerve holds and bear hugs, but it was yeah. to see Gary Hart and Kabuki getting a baby face reaction in Texas, middle of Texas stadium was worth, but I was, was why I'm glad that Pete said, yeah, no, let's watch this one. I, I had to watch it like right before we did the show. So it's fresh in my memory. It's a, uh, that's wild. Hey Kelly, what about you? What did you talk about on this? Well, it's, it's it's neat to see Kabuki and Gary Hart one last time because they were a big part of 1982 that we chronicled. And yeah, I've always been a big fan of Gary Hart, especially Kabuki. Definitely the baby face. Even before the bell rings, you could just tell his even his facial expressions. He wasn't doing the typical, you know, crazy, uh, wild Kabuki faces. He uh, he, you know, he needed to get some sympathy, and yeah, rare heel versus heel match, but it was it was it was boring as fuck. Like the the action in the ring was boring. What was going on outside was way more interesting. Like oh yeah, Hard and Akbar first like teasing that they were going to get into a fight, and then it totally broke down. And then next thing you know, Gary Hart's like he's beating up Friday, throws him into yeah. the post, <laughs> runs into the ring, beats up Akbar, and then Hart attacks fucking Kamala. Yeah, yeah. Hart attacks <laughs> Kamala. <laughs> Just starts punching Kamala. That's, I love it. That's what because Gary Hart was also deceptively large, so it oh yeah, yeah, he was tall. Yeah, you know, you 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 always think of him just as this heelish manager who should be like, you know, because he's so he's so evil and skeevy. He should be a wimp. But then you look at him, he's like, oh no, he's a giant man. No, here he was like the sense. new the new ass kicking baby face yeah. in the territory. Yeah, no, he's running wild. This is what <laughs> happens when you give him a finish he didn't agree with. Yeah, exactly. And he's still probably sore at the. Uh, Payoff, he got, uh, he got ran out of town, he got fired. Uh, Stone, Stone Cold Gary Hart says, I'm going to kick a can of whoop ass on you, Kamala. <laughs> totally, totally. I mean, how many other chances did he have to do this? Because he was always a heel. He was never a baby face, really. Um, That's wild. Crazy. Yeah, totally wild. So that part was awesome. The match totally sucked. But the the extracurricular stuff was was great, and that's what all you remember, right? We yeah. are a fan. Yeah, you know, you don't give a shit about the in, your in ring action. That you're like, I saw Gary Hart try to attack Kamala. Yeah, that's what- <laughs> yeah you get this wild ending. I mean, yeah, I mean, on paper, I mean, I on paper you have Kabuki versus Kamala, so you have two guys working gimmicks. So you're like, you know, you always. Our rule of thumb is when you have two gimmicks together, it just doesn't work very well. They end up once they end up just over gimmicking each other, and I kind of felt that's what happened here. Um, but yeah, at least, and then you get the heel versus heel aspects. I'm like, oh, that's cool though. But the, you know, but Kabuki, they definitely turned face, and Kabuki is smart, and he's like, yeah, I'm definitely gonna be the face here. Uh, and Gary Hart, uh, yeah. So it was all nerve holes and nerve holes and. More nerve holds and yeah, nerve holds and a bear hug um, and, and and a bear hug. Bear nice, hug, nice born yeah, old bear you, hug. But all you need to remember is uh, Gary Hart beating the shit out of Friday, so it was great. And you know, and Hart, yeah, but you know, I never thought of Hart as weak. I always thought of him as sinister, and I always felt like he could whip the shit out of Friday and freaking. Oh, definitely Friday. Akbar, oh, definitely know? Friday and Akbar. But he, yeah. but he was like pulling up his big boy pants. You want some of this motherfucker, Kamala? <laughs> Yeah, but he, uh, I mean, I just remember the book. Yeah, he wasn't happy about uh, 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 the, the the comeback and, and how they wanted him to lose. And 
I think Gary Hart ends up leaving again after this show hmm. uh, because he was upset with the the booking on how they wanted to present. He was saying he wanted uh, Kabuki to go with him, and Kabuki didn't go with him, and that hurt their relationship. Um, but yeah, but I but I but I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that ending. So it's like it's one of those things where yeah, I got yeah, the match sucked, but man, the ending. That's you know, I think a lot of wrestlers, especially in the eighties, will say, man, a lot of people don't remember what happened here, but they'll remember the moment. And I thought that moment was really, really good. And then we get junkyard dog versus missing link. Kelly, what what's going on here, man? I you know, JYD's from Mid South. Yeah, is uh, here without the face paint again. And I think maybe because it was so hot, there was no point in putting it on. I know he's morphed into wearing paint, right? <laughs> he did his eyes, at least. Okay. Yeah. Might as well call him Dewey, Dewey, Dewey Robertson. Oh, um, it's still okay. You know, <laughs> you know, he, you know, he, he's figuring it out. You know? you know, imagine when he went to Vince, Vince like, one or the other, and it's got to be green. <laughs> or there's no green. Ganger. Yeah. Well, we can maybe blame the blame the heat on this match because this one was, this was maybe even a dud. This one, <laughs> just I love wow. this match. Really? Oh, I'm with Johnny. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. But no. But, but no. I mean, there was nothing to it. But I, I thought again. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, you go on, Kelly. We'll, we'll, we'll okay. yeah. My reasons for loving this aren't. I, I don't think this is a work rate classic. Mine, yeah, are more, like, mine are more of a of a emotional connection to it. So it was more of me smiling at some of the stuff they did, and that was it. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I'd seen this match years ago too, if, if, when it was on the the Lords of the Ring tape. But it's been a long time. Uh, it was definitely cooler back then. Um, so, links introduced by Ralph Pulley as. He's from Lands Unknown. Yeah, Lands Unknown. It's just south of Parts Unknown. <laughs> that's a new one. <laughs> yeah, that's where the Lynx live. That's where the Lynx live. Right. It's like you make a right at the Shire where Bilbo Baggins. Uh-huh. Well, okay. no, you got you got the town of that's literally called Parts Unknown. It's full of masked people. You have to wear a mask to live there. Lands Unknown. Lands that's where the Lynx are. You know, it, it's it's a very complicated ecosystem. <laughs> So, yeah, Pulley's doing the ring announcing. Lawrence is on commentary. Bill Mercer is nowhere to be seen. I know. I wonder what what was going on with Bill. I don't know. And he's not on the following the subsequent um, Sportatorium episode either. So he's, I guess we're, we're not going to get to see. Uh, Bill. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he embarrassed himself and got drunk in David's wake. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was it. Maybe he made a fool of himself in David's wake. That, that was that was that was the real that was the big cover up. Jeez, <laughs> something. Let me happened. tell you, Frisch. Let me tell you something, pal. You're a son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, something happened. Poor Bill. Oh well. Because uh, we get Mark Lorenz in here, and I just have to mention because since we're not doing we're doing this in show order and not the, the TV show order. There's two things on here where they cut to Mark Lorenz at the end of the show. Where and his the the circles under his eyes are so dark. I realized that when when Percy Pringle went to WWF and they told him he was going to be a pallbearer and he needed to paint his his eyes and he needed to try to come up with a reference point of how to paint up your eyes up to look like a, a fucking un, a, a pallbearer. He goes, "Oh yeah, Smart Lawrence." 
<laughs> and that's that's what he used as his template. Holy mm. shit, he's he looks like he should he looks like, <laughs> yeah. he, looks like she, he should be in, in an episode of Dark Shadows. <laughs> he must have been up late praying for the Von Eric boys. <laughs> Oof, maybe that was I mean I think he's a much better announcer than yeah, Bill Mercer by tons and tons and yeah, tons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy him. Yeah, no, it, I'm not complaining. So yeah, I said the first note yeah, I took. Yeah, yeah. The first note I took was I go. I guess we're wrapping up the show. So long, Bill Mercer. We we hardly knew ye. <laughs> He's hanging out with Jay Saldy somewhere. And you with know. Jay Saldy, you're having a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about when Piper comes in. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or Dizzy Hogan. He's coming. <laughs> Dizzy's still coming, man. <laughs> Uh, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, I'll let you guys talk about the match. I just thought, yeah, I mean, it was another short one. Um, headbutts, both guys, that was pretty much all that was being used here. A uh, little sloppy at times. And then Very the finish, finish was total weak sauce with JYD getting pinned with uh, Akbar holding his legs. I know, then- who's lame. Bronco yeah, it was lame. It. I thought, at first, I was like, whoa, because I, I didn't remember the exact finish. I was like, hey, that's a way to put over Link Strong. Right. They but they don't, even, they don't even restart the match. It's just, oh, it, Link's DQ'd because of that. Okay. Yeah. That was weak. So, yeah, my last note is easy payday for JYD on that day. What do you think, John? Well, it was hotter than fuck out there, so I don't think JYD was going to be doing too much. There's going to be a lot of, here's what we're going to do, motherfucker. We're going to get on all fours and pretend to run at each other like dogs and hit our heads together and sl- and slowly bang around. I, mean, I agree. There's, I mean, I, I love JYD. We all know it. You know, we just did the show on it, and I love the link. I think they were just, just put on a little bit of show, a little bit of razzle-dazzle, uh, He'll fall through the ropes. We've got charisma to spare. We don't need to do too much uh, with this. And uh, I wrote down right here, the the temperature's in the low 90s, they announced here. Then I was like, oh, okay, that's just, oof, that stuff. But I remember this was the kickoff thing on that Lords of the Ring. And I loved seeing Junkyard Dog here because I knew him from WWF, but seeing him here, it just Mm. made wrestling feel bigger to me. And And I was just, and I loved the announcing. I, I all the little things that Lorenz was saying just brought back so many. It made me feel like I was eating Crunch and Munch because I had a box of Crunch and Munch the first time I watched that videotape. And just watching this again, <laughs> I was like, mm, I feel. I wish, wish they had Crunch and Munch in Colorado. <laughs> I'd go get some. And the old man is fucking pissed at the finish. He's yelling and screaming. yeah, yeah. And uh, and then when they reverse the decision. Missing Link picks up the wooden stairs and smashes his head for real hard into these wooden stairs, almost cracking it. His head or the stairs. He wasn't. Yeah, brother, not gimmick there. (laughs) No gimmick. He was. He was legitimately giving himself brain damage. So I, I just, I, I have so many fond childhood memories of this. And also, on the Lords of the Ring. I always assumed that all the matches were all heavily edited, and most of them were. But I assumed the world class ones were no. too. No, they weren't. They're that short that they could put them on. Like the flare carry matches edited somewhat, uh, but the other ones is like that's pretty much the entire fucking match on there. They keep they can, look. We're filming for this videotape. 
Let's keep them short. It's hot. Let's go. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed it. I, again, I thought it was a very minimalist match. Don't get me wrong. It's not if you're into high spots. It ain't your thing. But it's like they, you were getting big reactions on just stupid shit. Like, yeah. the fact they were doing the four, they're both on all fours doing headbutt spots, <laughs> and the crowd were popping big for it. nuts uh, for that shit. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. You know what? That's the way they needed to do. Were, were they working on top and were supposed to be there to put butts in the seat? No. They're there as a special attraction. You wanted to see, and it's cool that the dog's head was greater than the missing link's head butt. So, you know, battle of headbutts, something head that butts. both guys are known for. Um, and so they built their whole entire match around the headbutts. I it made sense to me as an undercard, a little quick, little fun thing. Um, they tease a little, you know, fuck finish. But I enjoyed it because of, again, very minimalistic, very small. But they did, but they got big, doing absolutely, I mean, Johnny and I, or any one of the three of us, could we both anyone we could do these these spots? Well, and I, and they wouldn't get the reaction uh, from the crowd like these guys did because of the charisma, and and it worked. So uh, the match worked for what it would for what it was trying to accomplish. I, now I will bash my head into a wooden stair just for to entertain you, though. I, I don't deny that. <laughs> and I, I've, I've been at SCI weekend, so I've seen people do that too. Um, I'm sure you did it in college in your fraternity. I, I know I've done it in my college in my fraternity. I know I've gone through doors. Uh, uh, wow. Head first. Head first. So that's part one of our uh, of our big show here. Um, any any final slots while we're here at the house? Pretty much the, we have the last three matches will be on the next episode, which will be the big tag match, the big six-man tag, and the the, the epic, uh, famous Kerry Von Erich Ric Flair uh, a title match. Um, any final thoughts, Kelly, on, on this show, what we've done so far? Well, I mean, it is one of the most legendary, even to this day, most legendary wrestling shows ever. Um, yeah. I, especially up until, I guess, the 21st century, definitely one of the 20th centuries, most legendary shows. It got talked about all the time, referenced in the magazines. And also think about it, Kelly. Super shows never really aired, you know, before they had been a pay-per-views. No, not at all. This was syndicated. Most, I mean, you never would see this on Crockett television. You wouldn't see it on Mid-South. I mean, you'd see highlights of the, of the show, you, the big show you missed, but then they showed us everything. This never Mm -hmm. happened. Um, mm-hmm. No, that's you know? very true. No, you got maybe bits and pieces of the showdown at Shea from 1980 on television, yeah. but I'm not even sure about that 100%. I, at Crockett, you got mainly stills with this music. The dusty Starcade music. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Look good. Look great. Nice, sunny day, hot as hell day, but it looked great. Fact, this is the peak. This is the peak of the the territory right here. Yeah, um, it's it's. They never come close to drawing this kind of crowd again. I want to say that, but hmm? maybe they still drew well. Up drew well, but I mean, I don't think they ever came close to thirty thousand. No, but I mean, I think they did. I think they did. They would have done twenty. 18, yeah, 20, yeah. Shows, yeah, 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 yeah. 
I get you mean this, but this as far as as far as a money making card at at their uh, explosive peak, this is that. This is, oh, this yeah. is the biggest one. Is what you, I this think is the pinnacle of the company. No, I, I I agree there. We still have a few years before they meant nothing. Oh yeah, no, they've got they've they're still riding high for for yeah. a little while. They, yeah, but you don't really you don't like Belzer. I hate to quote him. He's always talking about world class. Not world class. But, uh, WCW is like you don't know, you don't realize the problems that you're causing until finally they start deteriorating. It's kind of what's kind of like WWE's going through right now uh, uh, with all the bad booking decisions they've made throughout the years. Where now they have no, no nothing. So I mean, yeah. it's nothing but billions of TV dollars in TV money. <laughs> Rating wise, too bad I mean, Fritz still making plenty of money either. though. Yeah. <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> I'm surprised okay. they get. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Uh, wrestling without an audience gets as high a rating as it does. I because I don't understand. I don't get it either. No, I don't. I don't. I'm like. I'm like. I'm sure they're they're thinking we can weather this out if enough people still watch this shit with like this. Yeah, we'll, we'll weather it out. Both companies will. Yeah, without an audience, it's just like and even 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 think it's, about it. Even when they start getting a. When they're like right now, and like New Japan's running with fans, but it's not. I mean, it's you know, twenty five percent full to be safe. Yeah. Well, you know what they ought to do. Okay, here's what they ought to do because baseball just started up, and I went, you know what? And I watched a little bit of a free game today with no crowd, and I went, I'm still fine watching baseball. That that this is fine with me. So I paid for the MLB network for a year. Uh, Granted, all the Rockies games are blacked out, but we can watch them like an hour and a half after. But I can watch every fucking game I want to fucking watch. And in a lot of them, behind home plate, they're putting in cardboard uh, pictures of people. Like, like, oh, like, pers- like the AWA? Yeah, exactly. But they're like first <laughs> they responders. They bought Bob set from them? Yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> it's but it, but they're real big. And it's like a lot of fans who are people who work on the front lines during COVID. and various other reasons i'm sure there's a charity involved um the late comedian brody stevens who died last year uh loved the dodgers and they've got one of him up in center field for every game that kind, that kind of thing so yeah then they do that in wrestling just get cardboard cutouts of crowds because they also feed in crowd sound on these baseball games there's just a little bit of crowd sound right just in the background it feels fine and uh, so, like, well, this is a oh, it's movie. That's what they're doing, like, with the Edge Orton World's Greatest Match. They uh-huh. down. But but it, it's managing to work for baseball because I'm like, it's, I'm yeah, baseball is different baseball. because it's also a shoot. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, I'm like, this is still. And a baseball it doesn't, game. yeah, it, it doesn't rely on the crowd to not at all add to the performance or add to the entertainment. It just, no, it just goes to prove the whole like I couldn't have done it without the the crowd behind me in at, at this level of sports is bullshit because these guys are the the best of the best. Watching them play is still awesome. Watching yeah. sports, I think it will like like sports. Like I never thought baseball is a momentum sport, where mm-hmm. I always thought. Basketball is a momentum sport where I think they'll hurt basketball more than baseball. I can see that, but baseball, no, these guys are fine. And uh, I was enjoying it. I was like, oh, sports are back. And so it, 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 I think baseball is going to now replace my watching of modern wrestling because I've had a big gap because I just can't watch it. So I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm just going to watch as much baseball as possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, mean yeah. I haven't watched really modern wrestling even. 
before uh, COVID. I mean, yeah, well, you knew, well, you guys knew that I did, you know. Yeah. Was, and so, like, ugh, I want to watch something that's sports adjacent. <laughs> but it's and it's the perfect length now. Sixty game regular season. I mean, yeah, it's pretty quick. Like baseball is such the the slog of all slogs. Yeah. Getting through the summer, <laughs> trying to stay That's interested. Um, it's perfect now. Um, so yeah, oh, I'll give it a chance. I don't have cable, but um, yeah. we'll see. Some new I mean, rules I that I'm not sure I understand yet about like games starting with people on second base or some kind of uh, extra rule. inning games will start with a That's runner it. on second, but not in the playoffs, just the regular season. And uh, the National League has a, de- a designated hitter now for the first time. Oh, uh, I don't, I don't care for that, but whatever. I don't, uh, yeah, that changes the whole psychology of the. Um, not psychology, but it's the whole entire. Uh, I yeah, uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah so actually, psychology of how you coach and yeah, yeah but I do love, you. I do love that that okay, the rule about the person starting on second. Um, it's the second time I've heard that because our my little league team is going to be in some of these playoffs next week. And when it said how to decide a tie game if it happens, it's that same rule. So little league and the major league baseball are adopting the same rule this year to just get. All right, so let's transition out of baseball talk, Kelly. Anything right. you like to plug? <laughs> yeah, new, I was, was going to say new baseball podcast. I was going to say we could transition into a, a baseball podcast, uh, um, but no. Um, uh, I, I mean, I don't. Not really. I, I'm, International House of Combat has been retired, uh, at least for the time being. I'm just, you know, I'm totally cutting out of podcasting. I just, you know, it's, 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 it's me. It's my own personal <laughs> problem. It's nobody else. To, it's not a problem. You don't have to apologize. You've been yeah. doing it a long time. You and Pete have been doing it a long time. You're both going to yeah. be uh, hanging it up. I ain't going to miss it. I'm not. I'm sure. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I, no, I'm not going to be as apologetic for giving free content. Uh, <laughs> well, here's where we turn it into a Patreon, finally, when we mm-hmm. have <laughs> not hardly anything left. Um, I'll let Johnny plug the poem, because I, I, I really don't have anything to plug anymore. All right, well, just, yeah, the POM Network, that's uh, our family of podcasts, uh, the PWOM uh, and we're good. Uh, get, we just wrapped up season one of Gideon guys, Travis and I did our podcast about DC's legends of tomorrow. We're taking two weeks off and kicking off with season two of legends of tomorrow, which I watched the first two episodes and we're still going to have some fun with this show. It hasn't found its feet yet, uh, but it's, it's a lot more fun. I'm really looking forward to it because we've been having a great time. Travis has uh, his show, yours, mine and the truth where he examines uh, various movies, music, well, what have you, from his childhood with lots of really funny guests. And it's a really great show. Wrestling-wise, we still got a lot of wrestling shows. Boom Goes the Diamond. There's, there's lots and lots and lots. Just subscribe to the Plum Podcast Network. That's all I have to say. About, that's all I got to say about that. I'm glad I'm retiring so I don't have to associate myself with that shitty name. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> That's what happens. That's what happens when someone makes a, just an offhanded joke and then, and then the person that he was doing it to joke with embraces it and goes, yeah, we're going to run with that. How do you like that dummy? <laughs> that sounds you just, yeah. Well, I'm going to plug Shit's Creek. Uh, I've been watching it on Netflix and Great. that show is freaking hilarious. And, uh, if you haven't, if you haven't checked it out, you really should. It's on. It's airing on Netflix right now. 
I think the first five seasons are on there. Um, it's so good. Um, if you're a fan of Eugene Levy, his son's hilarious in it. Um, a lot of just a real good ensemble cast. Uh, has kind of has that office vibe in a way, uh, but Canadian in in a shitty in a shitty neighborhood. <laughs> the only one in Canada. There's only one shitty neighborhood in all Canada. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, on that note, uh, everyone have a great week, and we'll see you next time. My heartaches and troubles are just up and gone. The moment that you come in view, and with your hand in mine. Could dance on and on, and I could waltz across Texas with you. Waltz across Texas with you in my arms. Waltz across Texas with you, like a storybook ending. And I could waltz across Texas with you.